0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the UXR Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Jen Singer and Talua Awadia. Jen is a researcher at a company called GitHub that you may have heard of, and Talua works at SurveyMonkey. Both have been doing research for less than a, a few years and have some interesting stories to tell you about how they transitioned from college to landing their research gig. Some really interesting insights that they share with us around the importance of getting to know your stakeholders and people you work with, as well as being persistent and curious as fundamental skills and things you need to know to demonstrate your love for research and landing that next job. I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe so that you can find out when our next episode is coming out and it'll end up right wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We'll See you on the other side. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone listening in, and welcome back to another episode of the UXR podcast. Uh, I'm excited and thrilled to be joined today by two great uh, researchers uh, who are joining me from different locations. Coming in from the heart of the nation in Ottawa, we have Talua Awadia. Hey, Talua, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Alec. How are you doing?
0: Not too bad. And from what I believe is San Francisco, California, we have Jen Singer, how are you?
2: I'm doing all right. Yep, I'm from San Francisco right now.
0: Gotcha. Okay, I nailed it. Got the geography right. Um, So Toluwa works as a researcher at SurveyMonkey. And Jen, you work at GitHub. So two well-known tech companies. um, And both of you have entered into the research field relatively recently. Toluwa, I think you've been doing it for a few years. Jen, I think you're about six months into it. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. So where I'd love to start here, and I'll throw this uh, to to Lua first, tell me about how you discovered research and knew that this was something that you wanted to pursue.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I think my path to research was a bit long-winded, and I think that's kind of similar with most people. Um, I went into my undergraduate program at the University of Waterloo thinking that I wanted to do something business strategy wise, but from the somewhat design perspective. Um, so the name of my program was Global Business and Digital Art. Nobody knew what it was. Um, everyone was just kind of figuring out as we went along. But as part of that program, um, there was a lot of exposure to a lot of different things and mostly around UX. So we had a lot of UX projects and because I was interested in strategy, I just naturally ended up doing the earliest that, like part of things where it's more focused on the research and determining what the project should be in the first phase. And so that was my first real exposure to user research. So learning about like some of the ideal techniques, um, learning about how to do usability testing and all of those things. and. That appealed to me because, like I said, I wanted to really think about how businesses could be better, and I felt like insights was a good way to help drive better strategy. And so when I was coming out of school, I was like, yeah, I think that's what I want to do.
0: That's amazing. And, And Jen, did you have a sort of similar path of finding your love for research in school?
2: I would say no, kind of, almost. It is also my first career out of college, but... I'm from North Carolina, so I didn't really have a great understanding of technology, and I didn't really until I came to the West Coast for college. So I went to college in the Bay Area, and tech was everywhere, which really blew my mind. I entered into a program similar to you, Talua, like symbolic systems, which no one's ever heard of. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I told you, Alec, it was the knockoff computer science degree, because that's what it was. So... Initially, I wanted to be a Latin American studies major and do a PhD afterwards, but I studied abroad and realized I actually kind of wanted to make some money, so I thought maybe I should divert paths. Um, And then once I did that, Academia
0: doesn't really have a reputation for providing long-term stable incomes, does
2: it? (laughs) It doesn't. So I was like, how can I pivot? What's the only thing that's around me? I think it's technology. But the only path I saw ahead of me was software engineering. So I was like, "Mm, that doesn't really feel like me. I took a few design classes, especially the one in game design, which I absolutely adored. Loved like you, Tolua, the what is this even, what's the question we're trying to answer? What's the problem? How? And one of my favorite things about game design actually was playtesting the rules and actually figuring out like what kinds of instruction folks need to be able to participate. And once I did that, I started to look more broadly than software engineering, found product design and product management, but neither of those felt like a super great fit. But I kind of lucked into this job because I was originally gonna come back as a product manager for Microsoft and they moved, shuffled some organizations around and my role disappeared and they were gonna place me somewhere else. But my previous manager, Cindy Alvarez was like, come over, come hang out with me. We've had a great time before. You've done all this good research as a product manager. Why don't you try it as a user researcher? So certainly the back door, not the front door for sure
0: it's It seems like that's a you know and we've done a few of these interviews or I've done a few of these interviews already, and I've yet to come across someone who describes their path as the front door into user research. I'm not sure I've ever seen the front door to user research, and if I did, I wouldn't know what it looked like um let's let's pick up on that on that note there, so you know you were doing a so it sounds like you had an internship at Microsoft, is that right yep. And it was, it was product management mostly, but you were doing a lot of research.
2: Yeah, it was a really strange role. It was awesome. It was actually not much in terms of product management in that we didn't have a product per se that we were managing, but it was a product more abstractly in that we were really trying to figure out what makes developer teams great, what makes them... Efficient, what makes them work together well. We had just read some work, you know, that Google put out around Project Aristotle, around psychological safety, and all of these different metrics folks were putting together. So I was kind of exploring that space. It aligned a lot with what I was interested in thinking about in school, uh, especially because you know, coming from the Latin American studies background, I was really interested in theories and frameworks and how those kind of fit together more broadly. So that product management internship really turned into just mostly research around what are folks doing now? What makes them successful? What are the hallmarks of a team that is able to be resilient and adjust? And what are, who are the folks that are maybe not feeling that way? And why do they feel that way? What are their stories too?
0: Yeah. And Talua, did you, when you were looking for your first role, did you know that you wanted a research role or a role with research? And were you able to actually find one?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because um, as part of my program, we had to do an internship. And even though I was more curious about research, I had some UX design experience. So I, I felt like I could go either way. Um, but I did that internship and it was a visual design internship. and. It wasn't terrible, but I was like, I don't think I can be a designer because I need (laughs) something that's a bit more engaging. Just personally, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy like to what Jen said about like solving problems and understanding the why. And so when I finished school, I knew that even though I felt like I still wanted to be in the UX space, it was more likely that it would be research than um, design, even though technically I didn't have like a professional user research role that I had experience in. Um, and so after that, I was after graduation, I was looking for jobs and I saw a lot of the UX research jobs were like, you need a master's or like a PhD in like sociology or psychology. And I was like, I didn't even know how I'm going to explain to people what global business and digital arts is in the first place. Um, but I think, like I said, because that was the part I was most interested in while well in school, I think that came through in my portfolio. And so I would go to UX design interviews and they would be like, well like, you seem good, but like you seem more interested in the research than the design part. And like, that's not really what we're looking for. So it was hard getting in the UX design position because I really was interested in UX research. Um, but then my friend connected me to um, a role at Ecobee and they said, oh, they're looking for a junior UX researcher to assist the one researcher they had at the team. And so I went into that interview, showed my portfolio, which was more UX research centric. And that was it. I got the job and that's how
0: my career started. Jen, did you ever have a portfolio?
2: No. That's why I was (laughs) laughing is because I was like, I wanted to be a UX designer and I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the skills and like, you know, didn't have the background. So I'm hearing to and I'm like, wow, we are polar opposites. I feel like I slid through unawares on the the UX side of things um, when that was initially my goal.
0: But it's cool because you had, you actually, as part of the work that you were doing, you had really d- clearly demonstrated a lot of the research skills that really mattered. Um, you know, you, you have th- this manager that you were talking about, Cindy Alvarez. Why do you think that she, you know, uh, really felt the, the the need to pull you into, uh, into a research role? And is there anything about the time that you were working before you joined her team Um, that you think really stood out in helping her understand what your skill set was and that bringing you into a research role, you could really contribute?
2: Yeah, I think what she saw was, you know, we were a team that was managing a really broad problem space without a lot of um, clear direction on product, just in terms of because we were trying to do this more high level abstract thinking around building a better developer tooling and, you know, better developer teams. So I think that a lot of it was just being able to navigate ambiguity. I think she also appreciated, she would, you know, lay out the problem space for me. She would say, oh, I need you to go do this. I need you to, you know, create this metric or look at this concept. And I'd say, all right, why? Why are we doing this? have you talked to, like, can you tell me what you think our goal is? Why are we doing this? What business OKR does it roll up to? How can I how can I know I'm demonstrating impact? And one of the one of my favorite examples was towards the end of my internship, we wrapped up our, our big project, but we had one more where we were trying to create like a more solidified product process around, you know, hypothesis driven development, things like that common place. What I would see is like, great business practice around product management. And the first thing I asked her was like, have you talked to PMs? Do you know that they need this? How do you know that they need this? What have you heard that makes you feel like this is the solution? And I think that's what really made her feel like I was a good fit for user research because I was just able to not take for granted the problem that was in front of me and instead able to say, okay, but you're telling me this. Are you sure? Let's, Let's take a broader step back and make sure before we dive into the solution.
0: So you were able to use really good pointed questions to demonstrate your critical thinking skills that, you know, a lot of people might've just taken things for granted without sort of investigating, you know, where these supposed directions and questions were coming from.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that's like humanities. I think that's why there needs to be more folks from the humanities coming over. Cause they're really able to see oh, that. Oh boy. Broad. That's
0: a whole other pi- podcast <laughs> episode. We're going to need to bring you back. I, I, Oof, that's a big one. Um <laughs> Talua, do you remember interviewing that those the successful interview you had with, with Ecobee and what that was like?
1: Yeah, um, I mean vaguely I would say, just because it's been about three years now. Um, but I remember going even the day before, like I just remember just listing out like all of the projects and everything I basically knew about research. I think kind of to what Jen was saying like there's that natural curiosity that I think all researchers, or lists, most researchers, ideally share. Um, and so, because of that, like I was very interested in UX research, I'd read up a lot on it. And so, I was just like refreshing my knowledge the day before the interview. And then I went in, and it was mostly just about sharing um, things on my portfolio, but I was also able to talk to some of the research frameworks um, that I was familiar with. And, like, I think really at the point where I was interviewing, because of what the need was at the organization at that time. Um, it was more about demonstrating that this is someone that we can just bring in and they can just start running usability tests or they can just start having interviews and doing a survey. Um, And I think that's what I think stood out the most in the interview. I remember like I had the portfolio and then I was talking to a project that I had done at school. And I was like, you know what? I can bring out my laptop. Like I have my laptop here. Um, I can show you like the research plan that we did and like the synthesis. And so I was able to walk them through like a research project that I had gone through. And so I think that was what um, communicated to the team that this is someone that they could probably just bring in and we don't have to quote unquote manage so much just because of the nature of the um, team at that point.
0: It seems like the common thread here really is around dem- having demonstrated your, that critical thinking um, throughout the process, where wh- whether that was an interview or whether that was doing the actual work. Where people could see how your mind was working, and uh, you know that's probably a pretty powerful way because as a researcher, you know, to analyze your skills as a researcher because so much of what you have to do is, you know, think, <laughs> right? And that sounds like a very silly thing to say, you know, but how often in in people's work lives do we put thinking in the schedule? And you know, when we talk about doing analysis or synthesis or planning, like that's that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, that, that's quite interesting. Did Jen, did you ever go through any interview process when you made that transition? Or did they kind of like yank you, you know, stage right with one of those hook canes uh, into the team at, at GitHub?
2: Hey, let me tell you, it was the biggest yank I've ever felt. <laughs> My coworker <laughs> who connected us, uh, her name is Buki. She was awesome. She's the one who was actually like, you should check this out. You know, we were co-workers before Cindy was our manager, but she was one of the day-to-day people who I was working with all the time. We paired on interviews. She's an incredible product manager, but she's a really excellent interviewer. That's one of her like most incredible superpowers, I think, is the way that she was able to coach me towards interviewing because I think that for a lot of students and folks who want to be user researchers, you really don't know how bad you are at interviewing until you look at your first script. Like you see the transcript and you see how much you talked instead of how much they talked and how much your questions like, you know, closed them in. Um, And she was really able to coach me into being somebody who was five times better walking out of that door than I was walking in. So she was one, the one that really helped me pivot and adjust and say, okay, user research could be the way to go. Because initially I was skeptical. I was like, I don't know if I have the skills. Like Talua said, I had seen all the you know LinkedIn jobs that say master's, PhD required. My coworkers at the job I'm at now, the majority of them have uh, master's degrees and a couple of them have PhDs as well. So I was really not feeling like I could take on that task until she was, you know, Buki and Cindy both were like, hey, this is going to work. It's okay. You can do this.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: I think I think that's a good point because I feel that, like, at least for, like, coming into user research, like, I have a lot of people who talk to me, but, like, oh, I'm trying to get into UX research, but I say the same thing where it's, like, you're looking for masters and you're looking for, like, a PhD or something in a more, like, social science background. And what I try to tell people is like, I think a lot of researchers come into um, it with their own like flavor. Um, So there are people who are more like the why and like, let's dig deeper into the problem space. But there are people who are also more quantitative. And like, even on my team right now, like even though we, most people have like a master's of PhD, like you mentioned. It's like someone has one from behavioral sci- sciences, another person from statistics. And I think that like those unique perspectives that each person brings are the things that really shine when people are looking to build a team because everyone still kind of wants a multidisciplinary team, right? And so they're kind of like, oh, like what aspect of research are you interested in and how can that add to the overall like value of the team?
0: Toluwa, can you tell me about sort of a formative learning moment, you know, in this early in this research journey for you, you know, once you had landed that gig where, you know, something really helped catapult your skills forward quite a bit. Is there anything that really stands out for you?
1: Uh, I think it's hard to say one thing, like one moment. Um, I think I was actually really blessed to have joined be at the time that I did um, because what I think it offered to me was a lot of flexibility because there was a, just two um, researchers at the time with a lot of teams who were just getting familiar with research. And so there were a lot of research requests that were coming in, and there were a lot of diverse research requests specifically that were coming in, and so the ability to quote-unquote experiment with different research methods without real, um, like there was no real boundaries because it was still like a startup. And it wasn't like I was working on like one button in like this huge, massive platform. And I think that was what really helped me grow my skills so much in such a short time. I just had the opportunity to have so much exposure to different types of research um, and a lot more than I think people who... Uh, like one year into the research experience so that large, a much larger company would have had. And so I think that cumulative experience was what really um, shifts like the beginning of my career.
0: Yeah, what about you, Jen? Anything stand out for you? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you already talked about Buki. Um, yes. So you can't go back to that one.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll put that one aside, I guess. Um, yeah, I think actually the one that was really powerful for me is I had had some experience, like I talked to before about interviewing more broadly, but I did recently um, of my first real end-to-end research study from scoping to planning to synthesis, the whole nine. And a lot of it was really awesome to do by myself because I think Differently than your experience, Talua, I had a lot of, we had the whole career ladder at GitHub. We had everybody from staff researcher to me at a researcher one. And what was really great was having the ability to say, okay, this project is mine and I'm going to bring it back to y'all and take in y'all's wealth of knowledge to help me scope, but I'm going to own it and have ownership over it. And the thing that I learned the most was around stakeholder management, because I think that because there were so many cooks in the kitchen on my research project, everybody had an opinion. And it really taught me how to have a little bit more confidence in my own decisions and to be able to fail fail fast and learn quickly around yeah. research, because it's all great stuff. And even if you make a mistake, you're still learning, even if it's for you and maybe not quite so much for the team, it's going to make you better next time. And I think that it went fine, everything's gonna be fine. You know, there's no burning bridges that user research will put out. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I, I, I think that that's, um, you know, learning those skills early on of just how to work with people is just really powerful. Um, so f- flipping to a sort of like final theme here, um, as you both experienced in different ways, the reality of, of landing, uh, first research gig is is uh, a, an experience that's fraught with mystery uh, and a lack of clarity and usually quite a bit of hardship. For those that are in the process of finding that first role or looking for that first role or perhaps they've got their first one and they're looking to make a jump to a more uh, a more advanced role at a different company. What advice do you have, and we'll start with you Jen, for those people who want are, are trying to make that leap?
2: Yeah, I would say that there's a lot of ways to get familiar with the different product processes and user research methods that don't require being in an interview room or on the team. And I think there's a lot of really awesome resources. I really appreciate there's tons of books, especially to help you kind of get quick knowledge because what I've learned is if you can sketch out the framework It's not about, you know, knowing all the different ways to create a persona, or we're also canceling personas, you know, the behavior mindset or all these different ways that people are interested in learning more about getting a, a basic familiarity with that. And also, I think the different parts of the product lifecycle. So for instance, like understanding how software is built and also understanding how to work with a or even what's going on with a product manager helps you le- like learn how to talk folks' language. And I think that's half the battle. The first, I think 50% is getting in the door and that's about who you know. And like, as long as you can start to like find folks to reach out to, um, folks who are working in adjacent fields might be able to connect you. That's a huge part of it. I thought it was by the dint of my hard work that I was gonna be able to make it, but it's a lot about just knowing the right people. And I think when you can forgive yourself for the fact that you might not know them right now, but you're making moves towards that, that's the best thing you can do. And then after that, being able to speak their language is the easiest way to make sure that you're gonna be able to nail it.
0: Totally. All right, same question to you, Talua.
1: Yeah, I think I can definitely second um, some of the things that Jen said, especially with like knowing people and like knowing what the space is and what like being able to speak people's language. Um, There's definitely a few like great resources out there. Like I think, like I was mentioning before my interview, I was like reading it at like the NN group and seeing all of the things that they have in research. But I think what I was saying about like also having that curiosity mindset and knowing what the latest things in research are like, I know Jen made the reference to personas and how they're kind of dead now. Like being able to speak to things like that, where it's like you have some awareness of the research industry. But I think it really comes down to leaning into your strengths. Like people, their specific qualities, um, that make, like, a good researcher, right? And it's, like, curiosity, empathy, and, like, all of those, um, like, quote-unquote soft skills. Um, and I think, like, people have different ways of leaning into them, whether that's on the analytical side or whether that's in the, like, problem-solving space. And I think just realizing what your strengths are and how you can leverage them in user research and being able to communicate that to the people that you meet um, is something that I think is really important.
0: I love that. That's, that's, that's some pretty good advice. Um, so, uh, Jen and Talua, thank you again so much for joining us here today, sharing your stories and your advice. Um, and I can't wait to reconnect in the future when you're both leading massive research teams, building world-class companies and all that fun stuff. I have no doubt you both have a bright future ahead of you and I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks so much for joining. Seeing yeah, you. Thanks, Alec.
2: Thank you so much, Alec.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of UXR Podcast. Don't forget, we've got an amazing conference headed your way at the end of February. It's filled with amazing talks focusing on things like how to do research at oil refineries and what are the different leadership paths available to researchers and many other topics. We're going to have about 30 amazing talks for you. They're going to cover broad ranges of themes from leadership to accessibility to everything in between. You're really going to love this program and it's super affordable. You can grab a ticket for 99 bucks. And if that's too expensive for you, just shoot us a message and we'll let you name your price for your UXR conf ticket. We're trying to make this the most affordable and accessible research conference ever. And I would really love to see you there. Thanks for tuning in and I'm looking forward to seeing you at the next episode of the UXR podcast. Take care.